might all have. And here on FD, we're exploring how we might receive that in our everyday lives. And today is an amazing day because I have finally got my good friend Carl here to speak to us. Welcome, Carl. Hey, everyone. This is too big an introduction for me, but um, yeah, I'll take it. No way. Yo, you guys don't even know. Carl is amazing at everything. I dabble in a couple of things, <laughs> one or two things, not much. Oh my goodness, but no, Carl, tell us about yourself, like, who are you? What, what would you like us to know? I am Carl Haley, a Londoner, born and bred, um, <laughs> South London, and, well, what I do for work is I, I compose music for TV adverts, documentaries, mm. and that sort of thing. I work with my two brothers and we all work together composing, writing, DJing and then more recently we've got, um, we do art and design for, and video as well for, and it's kind of focused more in the fashion industry primarily but there's going to be a lot more collaborations with artists. We've kind of realised that alongside the fashion we actually just want to make art Yeah. alongside. So um, yeah, that's basically what I do. Amazing. Yeah. And you would say that you have pursued your passions and used your talents, right? Yeah, pretty much just went all out. I, <laughs> I was I was lucky growing up. I didn't have parents who, well, not didn't. I had parents who were very understanding. So when I said that I wanted to pursue something creative, um, most parents would be horrified and think, well, how are you going to make any money? And you're going to be like the struggling, broke, creative and they were like okay what do you need wow. and so they bought me and my brother's musical instruments and they bought us art equipment and they kind of just left us to it they didn't know we didn't know what we were going to do mm. we just knew that's where we wanted to be that's the world we wanted to occupy and they facilitated we said we wanted to go to art college and perform in art school and stuff and they were like cool go for it so i've been very fortunate to have parents that have just encouraged me. They kind of weren't always there cheering along. They kind of just left us to it. They said, we'll get you the instruments. We won't pay for any lessons because we can't afford them, but you better practice now that we forked out the money. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we did. We just practiced and nice. drew and practiced instruments for hours until we kind of got good enough to do it for a living. Amazing. That is yeah. great. Hard work, pays off, dedication, everything that... Pays <laughs> off. You, you, yeah. I mean, but you need to do it. Anything that you actually want to do is going to require an investment of time, Definitely. effort. Yes. You know, all of yeah. that stuff. You can't. You, your your dream does not just fall into your lap all the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> you need that. There's a lot of time and investment and yeah. and trial and error, and trying to include yourself or surround yourself. I'd say with people that can nurture and mm. give advice as well. Mm. Um, that's been very useful. Like that's been invaluable along the way. I can tell you guys that Carl has been one of those people for me. I have been like, I have been getting loads of wisdom. And but even today, you wouldn't believe it. Well, you better believe it. And that's why he's here. Like, I mean, Carl for me, I mean, I, I don't know whether I've told him this, but I think he's one of the best teachers I've ever met. And not that he teaches, but when he... See, see, like, Carl and I have done stuff together, like, you know, host stuff in church and things like that. And... uh when we 
sit in the group. I'll say something and, and try to and try and explain this to people, and people are like, yeah, yeah, okay, hmm, sounds interesting. Carl will say like five words, and everybody's like, oh my god, yes, I get it. I really don't live. And I look at him and I'm like, how did you do that? How, how did you do that? It's just it's, it's a gift. Sarge's vocabulary is twice as wide as mine. So I'm not even able to compete. So that's not it. That's what it is. That's, that's not it. He, 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 Carl is just amazing at communicating and getting things across to people in a very simple way that you'll be able to remember and make sense of, right? That that's that's really that's really the the summary of it. And obviously he's good at many other things. But give us a little insight um, into what it's like to work with your brothers. I've never known anything else. I've mm. been very lucky that we all liked the same thing. There's also a sister who never gets spoken about. She gets a bit annoyed. <laughs> we have a sister <laughs> as well. But she, she exists. And, um, but she wasn't into what we were into. We, all, we were all into art and sport. But we kind of, after a while, we stopped and we concentrated on the creative stuff. And she just went into sport. And she done really well, um, mm. which I'm really proud of. But um, with my brothers, it's been very easy because working in this sort of field where you there's not really a set direction, you kind of make stuff up as you go along until you find your direction. Mm. And it, if you, I wouldn't have been able to do it if I was on my own because it can get frustrating. You're constantly creating, which is great, but then that's very draining. And so to have two other people to constantly bounce ideas off of if I'm having a day where there's nothing coming to me, I can guarantee that at least one of the other two will have something. So there's, mm. it lessens the pressure on each one of us and we get to celebrate the highs and the lows together. We get to go through it together. So it's been, it's been amazing. It's genuinely like a blessing to get to work with family. Nice. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how I would have done it about my brothers, to be honest. Mm. It's like, it's definitely, they're a huge part of, the whole journey and what I'm doing now. So yeah, Sweet. equal partners. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, and today, guys, what we're talking about, we are talking about having a loose grip, mm-hmm. like you know, kind of switching something for something. You have to exchange, you know. So you might have. I mean, well, not you. Everyone has 24 hours in one day. That's mm. it. You only have 24 hours in one day. So if you want to do something extra, you have to not do something that you would have done in that yeah. day, yeah. right? So this is what I mean by that swap, that exchange. You have to let go of something, so have a loose grip on something in order to get something else. And that's a phenomenon in life. Yeah. But the question is, how do we do that well? How do we do that at all? Because some people might be listening and they might struggle with that. Mm. They might not be able to let things, let go of things or change yeah. some habits or things like that. So. How do we how do we do this in a way that that helps us? I think first of all the goal has to be interesting enough to you mm. for starters. So it's the why. You can say I want to be an entrepreneur and it's like okay that's great. And it's not even so much as to what you're going to sell. It's the why do you want to do it? And if the why is big enough that to me it always starts with that then you can start to find the motivation. Mm. If the why isn't interesting enough or big enough, I, that's when you can start and stop all the time because there's not enough of a, a reason behind it. 
And then I think once you figure out the why, it's the technique of doing it. And for me, it's been trial and error. Like I'm no <laughs> genius at this. It's literally been with practicing. We didn't have music lessons. So it was just for us, it was literally listening to CDs and rewinding them and trying to work out the parts. With music, it was very much a time thing. We had to exchange the time of going out and hanging out with friends and thinking, all right, every day yeah. I'm going to do a bit of music or I'm going to design something. And then it was just working out techniques. There was loads of things we picked up from friends and family and 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 colleagues and people that we looked up to. Mm. One thing that we one thing that was really good that we learned um, fairly early on was to change our heroes. Initially, what do you mean? What do you mean? Say that again. You change your heroes. Yeah. All right. So initially, we would look at people who are really huge in the industry. We were in mm. music. So we'd look at huge super producers and think, oh, I want to be like Timbaland. I want to be like Pharrell and all these people. We right. really admired them. And there's a range, like film composer Hans Zimmer and mm. Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails and all these different people because we liked a lot of different things. But then we started to kind of look out of there and we looked into the tech world. We were interested in all these different things. And we kept on getting stuck. And the reason was they were too big for us. Mm. And so, for instance, if you're, some people are able, and this is all dependent on the person, some people can look at a Steve Jobs, a Elon Musk, and be inspired to create their own thing. For me, Elon Musk is too much of a genius for me. So what he's doing is so big that I can't even work out the parts. Mm. And so, I will see or hear a talk by Elon Musk and I get fired up, but it's almost like kind of candy floss. You get this sweet hit, <laughs> yeah. but then it's gone. And it's because I can't even break down what he's doing because he's just so far ahead of me. So I started to, and it was by accident. I met a, um, a composer mm. who was doing what I would like to be doing. But he wasn't like Hans Zimmer composing music for films. He was just doing kind of smaller productions. And because he was closer, I could then kind of, I could see the steps. Yeah, yeah. And then we started to look for people who were closer to where we were rather than the Steve Jobs or being like Pharrell. Because it was so far ahead. We, there were just too many steps for us. If you're good enough to do that, go for it. But for me, we had to find smaller heroes, people who we could reach. And then we could genuinely work at, oh, he spoke to this person and he bought this bit of equipment and then he applied for investment here and we could see the steps mm. and then we started to copy what they did and then we started to see more success. So for us, fairly early early on, we realized the people we were looking up to for us were just too big. It was just so out of our league. Right. And then the, what one of them taught us, which was hugely valuable, was um, cliche, but to stop comparing yourself. And with us, it came down to how many tasks can you realistically do in a day? So we would mm -hmm. read books and someone would say, I do 10 things in a day and that's how I stay productive. And we would try to do 10 things and we'd fail every day. And so we'd get less and less and less. And then what we worked out after constant frustration that we're a two task, <laughs> that's all we can do. I can do two tasks well. If yeah. you give me three tasks to do, you've got problems because one <laughs> of them is going to start to be really bad. Yeah. And it was just finding out what, I'm capable of doing mm -hmm. and we just had to keep on breaking it down and then we and I've tried over the years to think I've been doing two tasks well let me just go up to three 
the second you give me three things to do, it all falls apart. <laughs> and so when I was setting myself 10, basically at the beginning of the day, I'd set myself up to fail from the beginning because, wow. yeah. and I soon started to realize my frustration was that the goal was just too big at the start of the day or the mm. start of the month. Yeah. I'm going to do five projects this month knowing I can only really pull off one. Had I just done one, completed it, I would have kept the motivation, but yeah. the failure of not hitting the five, which was an unreasonable expectation. Mm. So it was kind of just, I guess, pulling back a bit and just reducing the weight that we had and the expectation on our shoulders. Yeah. And we were able to stay consistent. I think that's the key. It's like, how can you stay on track and be consistent? It's like, make it manageable. Mm. if you've never been to the gym before and you want to get fit there's no point in saying I'm going to go five days a week it's it's probably not reasonable <laughs> but perhaps you might be able to go twice a week and if you can stay twice a week for a year you may see results but you may only manage five days a week for a month and then give up thinking oh I'm always quitting but perhaps the goal you just set was too big mm. so for us we just decided to make everything smaller and smaller and smaller and then once we did that we started to see progress. But this was a long time. This was, <laughs> we were very stubborn. Like, we was like, no, I will be Pharrell. <laughs> I'm not trying hard enough. I'm as cool as Pharrell. And it's like, no, you're not really, are you though? So. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge point, bro. Like the, the whole thing about letting go. So having mm. a loose grip yeah. on the things that we achieved, you know, yeah. because it's, 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 it's good to have goals that sort of drive you and you, you're running towards and you're putting towards something. Yeah. But if it's too big, like you've just said, then you need to let go of it. And sometimes it's very difficult. Like it probably took you guys a long time because you said you were stubborn, right? So very it's stubborn. difficult. How, what, was, there, was there a tipping point? What, what shifted you guys from the stubbornness to actually sort of be like, yeah, I can let go of this 10 things that I really wanted to do and now be happy doing too? It was probably one of the mentors that mm. we had, a great friend of ours who he's always on trend with everything. He knows he's just got a great mind for design and stuff. And we were working with him on a project. And one day he sat us down at his office and he was just frustrated. Yeah. And he was just like, nothing's getting done. Yeah. And it's quite a harsh conversation because it's like, he was the guy to always encourage us. And then all of a sudden he was scolding us. And he was just like, I don't get it. You guys are capable of so much, but we've been doing this for a year now and there's nothing to show for it. We've got a couple of flyers. We've got a few bits of design. <clears throat> this should be so easy with what you guys are capable of doing. And he broke it down that we were doing too much outside of the project that we were doing with him. And he said, something's got to give here. But he said, I can't continue working on this project with you. And it was very painful because this is like your mentor. This is the guy that you always look to. And then all of a sudden it's like he was pulling away and it was a very hard to hear. And I, none of us took it well in the meeting. It was like, it was quite, there was a bit of give and take and we, were, we weren't trying to back down thinking we could do everything. Mm. But I went away and it probably about a month of mulling it over thinking, oh my God, like we're not working with this guy anymore. And I kept thinking, I was, I was basically putting the blame on everyone else around and I just stopped and think, no, what? You have zero control o over all of these other people. Mm. So what, what part of this is your fault? And I looked 
we broke down what we were doing and we hated to admit it, but we finally realized it was too much. Mm. And I think it was him. It was that harsh lesson of him just pulling away. Yeah. And it's just like, what, how are we going to solve this? How do we get back in his good books? How do we get, how do we be, call him again and say, oh, I've got this project's going on or maybe start the whole project again. And we never did. We never actually got back on track. We, he's still a great friend. So we ironed it out, but we, yeah. the, the idea that we had, we never, it was gone basically. But what we did learn was to be very wary of what we take on and how much we take on. And that's when we really started to analyze, well, how many things can I actually do well that I'm saying yes to? Mm. And, um, we were fearful because you do that when you're starting out and you freelance and stuff, you take on everything because you think everything could be the next paycheck. Yeah. So we took on everything, but we were doing everything averagely. It wasn't very, it was like, there was nothing mm. very good, but it was that, it was that one meeting with this guy where he just broke it down and said, look, I don't know what's going on with you guys, but you do too much. And as a result, we, what we've set up is not working. I've got nothing to show for it. I've sent you a way to do this. You come back with excuses and um yeah it's tough but it changed everything wow yeah wow so so what i'm pulling out from from that is that we need people who know us yeah <laughs> we, we, we on this journey called life we yeah. need people who know us and can sort of speak to that kind of level and to that extent into what we're doing because like sometimes you get into tunnel vision you you get you get into this whole you know path of this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm about, and you're yeah. just sort of charging down, thinking that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold on to everything that I have because mm. I think I need it with me all the way. And there's people who there who can see what you're doing kind of like yeah. from the outside and be like, actually, that that and that, you need to just drop it. And, and Yeah. <laughs> you need those harsh lessons. You need like, like brutal honesty sometimes. <clears throat> and you need to be able to take it. Yeah. You need to be able to lose well. You need mm. to be able tell to... Me, tell me about that. How, how, do you, how do you lose well? So I, growing up, I was a sore loser. I was the kid that would be mad as hell if I lost at Monopoly or anything. <laughs> like, I, I wanted to smash the board. <laughs> and burn the pieces, melt the houses. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Seriously. Embodiments of grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was bad. Um, and... But we were always taught to be competitive. We were into sport and stuff. So we didn't mm. like to lose. But losing is inevitable. You will lose sometimes. Yeah. And it's how do you handle it when you do? Mm. Do you see it as a loss or do you see it as like a lesson? Like how do you pick yourself up? Yeah. And um, I used to take losing really badly. And it was like a reflection on me. Mm. And then I started to separate myself from it and just start to analyze and think, okay, have I learned anything? Why did I lose? What was going on? Is this person just better? Sometimes just accepting innocent scenario, you've pitched something and this person's pitch was just better than yours. Mm. So what can you learn? Can you do their quality of work or do you have something else to bring to it? And it's just kind of not seeing it as so black and white as win, lose, but more what's like the gray in between the black and white. What can mm. I get from it? And I think separating yourself from that really does help. And it, um, yeah, I haven't, I've played Monopoly many times since and the balls are intact. <laughs> That's good. <Yeah. laughs> I, 
the melted all the blue hotels, <laughs> the green hotels and the blue houses. I can't remember. Uh, red. Red red hotels. The red yeah, hotels yeah, the red and the green hotel. houses. I've not yeah. melted them into like brown and. Um, <laughs> But no, but but then okay. So check it out. So when you have people that can like speak into your life that know you, mm-hmm. then they can they can call you out and stuff. Yeah. But also call you into stuff. Yes. So like, have you had an example of when someone has like even known has sort of like, I mean, not not maybe not verbally called you into, or maybe they someone gave you a call and actually said, hey, yeah. do you want to come do this? I mean, it could yeah. it could happen. Like uh, yeah. A few occasions. Us, okay, go on. Um, so we've got, um, we have a couple of different like mentor people that we call on mm. and one I met at a studio, was just doing a favor for a friend and he came in and he saw me working and he said, um, he, he liked what I did and then he said, oh, I'll call you in a couple months. I work in TV and I was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> and he did, he did call me and he started, he had a conversation with me on the phone and, um, we started to work on a TV show. I'd never done it before, but he gave me a shot and it was great. Everything worked out. Mm-hmm. And over the years, we've become very good friends. He just calls me up out of the blue just to chat. And I'm really privileged to have it because he's in such demand. Everyone wants to get his time and he'll choose to call me. So I'm really blessed to have that relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And one day we were, he was driving back from a job. He called me just to catch up. And he said every time he spoke to me, about just purely music. Mm. He said conversation would be fine, but he said when he spoke to me about music and fashion and art, he could tell that um, my interest like pricked up. Mm. Um, and so he said one day that I think you're selling yourself short just doing music. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, <clears throat> well, I've noticed your enthusiasm pick up in every conversation when I talk about other parts of the, the the design world and creative world mm. perhaps you need to include that in what you do and I said I don't know how and he said look I'm not going to spoon feed you but I'm going to give you the names of some people who I think it'd be good to research and try and find something from all of these try and find a common theme and so he just texts me some names of people that I hadn't heard of and I started to google them mm. and with that I came up with this idea of like a creative studio that wasn't just music it kind of was creating solutions for brands and stuff so it incorporated art and design which me and my brothers also studied and um i told him the idea and he said right this is the first time i've heard you excited in ages and he said that's what you should be doing he said you should wake up excited Mm. and um it was again it's just because he knew me and he was really honest with me and he just said yeah and he was really honest to the point where he said, <clears throat> if this works for you, mm. it'll probably mean that you won't be able to do my projects because he says at some point, it, and I think you're capable of doing this, I think you're going to be much more successful than I am. But I'd wow. rather say I had a part in this person's success than keep you just working on my projects. He said, it's far more convenient mm. for me to have you just compose for me. Wow. But he said, I have a feeling you're made for something bigger than what I'm doing with you. So it was really kind of selfless of him. And um, yeah, he's constantly calling me, just checking up, just checking the progress. And he he genuinely loves it. Every new project I'm on. And that's been really encouraging. He literally, he planted the seed. Like I wouldn't be kind of doing what I'm doing now without that phone call of him saying, that's what you should be doing. Wow. Wow. Amazing. And, and, And look at the way in which he let go of his own sort of, 
what can I call it, like track or ambition for you in order to yeah. like, to work for him, right? Yeah. He let go of that and said, I can see you doing much better than working for me. Right. Yeah. That is that is huge. Yeah, he's he's genuinely really passionate about what I'm doing. And it's, um, I'm sometimes still a bit taken back. Mm. Sometimes when he calls my phone, it's just like, and I'm thinking it's just for work. Mm. And it's just like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, cool. And I'm kind of pausing, waiting for him to say what the project is. <laughs> There's no project. He's just calling to talk. <laughs> yeah. and, I'm, and I'm like, wow, this is like truly privileged mm. for him to sort of see something in me that I didn't even see. Yeah. And then help facilitate and encourage and push constantly push and tell me not to settle. So it's um yes, amazing to have him around. Wow. Isn't isn't that cool guys? Isn't it cool to have someone like that in your life? Wow. That was so amazing. And guys, Carl literally dropped too much to fit into one episode. I tried. I genuinely tried. But if you thought this was good, you are not going to want to miss the next episode. It is going to be... It's just going to be amazing. But you know, if, if you've been listening to this and you are on the cusp of change, like you feel, yeah, there's something... I'm trying to change. Maybe you are trying to change and trying to do something different or something new or switch something up and you're finding it difficult, you know, just remember what uh, all the great stuff Carl was saying about, you know, making sure you know the why and making sure the why is big enough and then making our heroes smaller. If we're going for something big that's really big, the tendency is for us to kind of look at it and be like, whoa, that is so big. And we get overwhelmed and we just think, I don't even think I can make it because it just looks so big. But if we make our heroes smaller, don't look for people who are on the track. Well, you can kind of see the steps that you need to take um, and find those people who know you. Find that, you know, and, and open yourself up. You know, if you find it difficult to open up, um, well, I'm praying for you now in Jesus' name. I pray that you just are healed of that and that you begin to find people that you can trust again, that you can be healed from whatever made you close up and definitely, definitely check out the next episode. Guys, I love you all. Until next time.